This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. Really good. How are you? Very good, thanks. Let's get the latest news from the United States. And the US economy has expanded at its fastest rate in decades. Official figures show the economy grew by 5.7%. That's the best performance since 1984. Having said that, analysts are expecting growth to slow this year after the government scales back its uh, stimulus spending. This comes, of course, Craig, on the back of yesterday's a rather hawkish report from the Fed. Let's deal with those numbers from uh, the Commerce Department uh, about the US economy. Good figures or to be expected? Yeah, it was a really good number. You can't really knock the strongest growth in decades. I think there's a couple of key takeaways really from the data. The first is that it was largely driven uh, by a buildup in inventories, which isn't something that's really sustainable in terms of growth, which is one of the reasons why people are more pessimistic going into the first quarter. The second is that the consumer-driven aspect of it was more front-loaded in the quarter, and I think that was uh, indicative and unsurprising, uh, indicative of uh, the fact that people were doing their Christmas shopping a little bit earlier uh, last year because there was so many reports about uh, the potential for empty shelves and supply chain issues that I think people are a little concerned so brought their spending forward a month or two and I think that was um, that was highlighted in the data as well but I mean we are going into a year when yes growth is expected to be a bit slower in the first quarter it seems that maybe some of the stimulus from those checks is starting to fade a little bit and there is more uncertainty now this year and also um, we are uh, obviously this very start of the year we've seen the Omicron impact as well so that could make the start of the year a little bit slower but really I think the US is just currently in a very in very good shape and i think that's uh, one of the clear signs that we're getting from this right now is as you've mentioned despite the fact that we're going to start seeing rates rising and it's maybe a little premature compared to what they would have otherwise liked the u.s economy is in a, a very good shape there's improvements for the labor market to be made but it's still a very tight labor market right now the improvements we need to see there is more in terms of adding people into the labor market and drawing people enticing people back into the labor market to create that competition rather than the number of jobs, which are number of people who are currently employed, which is still well short of the pandemic, so uh, pre-pandemic levels. So yes, the GDP data was really good for the final quarter of the year, gave the markets that extra bump um, ahead of the open as well, but there's still a long way to go. And the big bounce back is no doubt because of the lows of the pandemic lockdowns. And we're discussing the pandemic, COVID variants, Omicron and so on, much less in recent days and weeks, uh, Craig. Um, There are, of course, risks of new COVID variants in the future, but I get the feeling that any concerns for markets going forward now, and not so much because of COVID, but they're more to do with, you know, global and political uh, problems. Obviously, we've discussed Ukraine in recent weeks the energy crisis, inflation, and so on. But have we seen the back of COVID as far as a market manipulator? Well, for now, maybe, but it depends on whether we get new strains and how bad it is. It kind of felt like we'd seen the back of COVID as a market manipulator mid to late November. 
and then Omicron arrived, and we all know what happened then. It seems that the markets, there's, there's only so much uncertainty the markets can price in. It's almost like the, the known uncertainty, which tends to have a bigger impact on markets. And COVID is becoming an unknown uncertainty. It can appear at any point, and it may not appear. Like you said, there seems to be a lot more optimism that it's almost like the end of the pandemic. I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, but there very much is that feeling, and maybe that's something that we're starting to see being priced into the markets there is still plenty of downside risk really knock-on effects second third round effects of of covid like you say high inflation which means higher interest rates at much tighter labor markets around the world meaning higher wage inflation bigger headaches for central banks or energy crises etc geopolitics i mean this week's been a, a wild ride from start to finish we started monday with the Nasdaq and other indices in negative territory, we saw it fall to around 4% into the red at one stage. And that was being driven by all of a sudden we're seeing people being withdrawn from the Ukraine because of heightened risks. Um, and there's the tension seemed to have ramped up over the weekend. And then before you know, we've got this rebound and the Nasdaq ends the day in the green, as does the Dow and the S&P and other indices bounce back around the world as well. Then Tuesday comes and it seems that we're on a, on, on a, on a positive path. And then bang, Microsoft earnings hit and suddenly there's concerns about cloud growth. And then that knocks sentiment in the markets because all of a sudden you haven't just got Netflix as a big tech name disappointing, but a core part of the Microsoft growth story in people's eyes is shown to be decelerating. And then we see the earnings call afterwards and they say, well, actually, we expect that to accelerate again in the current quarter and everyone's back on board. Bye, bye, bye. And the markets are back in the green in the after hours trading. We come to Wednesday and there's a lot of bullishness going into the Fed meeting. The statement comes out and it's all good. Yes, rate hike in March. We saw that coming. That was priced in. And then Powell starts talking about we could see a rate hike at each meeting or basically every single meeting's live um, this year. And all of a sudden, we're, talk we're seeing an extra rate hike being priced in this year. So now it's down up to five rate hikes priced in for the Fed this year. What happens? Sentiment takes a knock. We dip back into the red. It's been a roller coaster ride all week. What are we seeing today? Well, we're back in the green. Of course we are. Um, markets bouncing back quickly. We've had that GDP number, which has given markets an extra lift. It's been a roller coaster ride this week, and there's no reason to see to think that that's going to change. But one thing I will say is it's it kind of has this feel of a Rocky movie. Um Monday, it seemed that we were down and out. Nasdaq down 4% and all of a sudden drags himself back up off the mat. Tuesday, hit again, down, drags themselves off the mat. And all of a sudden, with every time you see the you see investors rising from the mat, it's like, well, actually, this is this is this is not over. Like some there is a fight back on. There is something magical is gonna happen. And so like, yeah, it kind of has this feeling of a rock end of a Rocky movie for, for all the young listeners out there. <laughs> now it looks like we're going to potentially end the week on a high and I say this on Thursday knowing full well that Friday we'll probably see everyone down in the dumps again but um, it has just been that kind of week really exciting to watch yep very turbulent indeed and that report from that hawkish Fed report has had an effect on gold over the last 24 hours or so hasn't it uh, down again today yeah it has so the gold's been doing really well over the last couple of months and I think it starts to become increasingly clear that there's times when gold was performing well late last year and it was when the markets were saying there has to be rate hikes, there has to be rate hikes and the Fed was saying transitory, it's transitory that. Um, and all of a sudden the market started to dislocate and in fact started to fear the Fed's position. It seemed that because the Fed was being so 
almost anti-hawkish it's in the market saying well actually now you're going to be coming part of the inflation problem and with every month that passes by that you remain in team team transitory you're exacerbating the potential for inflation to take off further down the road and we start to see gold come back into favor then all of a sudden the the fed turned far more hawkish and talked about the possibility of multiple rate hikes uh, faster tapering balance sheet reduction and it seemed they get markets back on board uh, and gold lost a little bit of appeal but then it carried on rising higher so the question became is gold still rallying because the markets are positioned for four rate hikes and the fear is that it's not enough? Is this still an inflation hedge? And are we seeing those properties filter through? We saw gold get in 1830, 1840, close to 1850. And it was this idea of, is this a warning? Is this a sign that the markets are saying four isn't enough? Well, yesterday we saw that, uh, like I say, what could have been the knockout blow for equity markets from the Federal Reserve, and it turns out to be maybe the knockout blow for gold. Gold fell 1% yesterday, it's down 1.5% today, back below $1,800. Maybe this is a sign that the markets are saying that that's a positive move uh, on the inflation front, five rate hikes being priced in, and that's why the inflation hedge component of gold has lost its appeal. Okay, let's uh, talk about next week as we're going towards the end of this week what should we look out for in the next seven days or so so i think there's there's a few think key things next week this week has been all about the fed for for obvious reasons next week we've got the ecb and the bank of england which i think is going to be really interesting because the bank of england for one is expected to raise interest rates so that's uh that's that that's that's obviously going to be a key thing to follow it's more than 90 percent priced in a rate hike next week so that's gonna be a second consecutive meeting that we're going to have seen a rate hike from the bank of england three more priced in then over the course of the next year over the course of the rest of this year question is is the bank of england going to follow in the footsteps of the fed and lead us down further down the hawkish path towards a possible fifth rate hike in order to quell inflation or are they going to stamp out are they going to say well actually four is enough on top of the the what we what we, what they uh, did in December. So I think that's going to be key. DCB still in team tra- transitory, even though the markets just aren't buying anymore. Markets have priced in a 10 basis point rate hike in October this year, maybe another one by December, that which would take euro area uh, interest rates all the way up to minus 0.3%. And um, so that, I think those two things are going to be really interesting. But of course, it's the first week of the month, which can only mean one thing. It's non-farm payrolls on Friday. So that's going to be a big one. So next week, I think is going to be is going to be really big. And obviously, we've got OPEC on Tuesday, the OPEC Plus meeting as well, when we'll get more insight into what we can expect in terms of output targets they can't hit in March, uh, on top of the output targets they can't hit in February and didn't hit in January and December. So, it's. Re- I mean, this week has been an absolute roller coaster in terms of the market movements. Next week, I don't. I think it's. I think we're in for another because there's just so much to focus on. Absolutely, and we'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. This is the Oanda podcast.